Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover 2 podcast. I am Indy Star Colts insider Jim Aiello and I am joined as always by my co-host, fellow insider Joel A. Erickson. Joel, why are you switching to tea? I don't understand. Um, I don't know. Tea, t- middle of the day, tea just feels a little bit better than coffee. I, 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 I say that. I really like coffee. But I really like my coffee. Oh, okay. That's what it is. And he's asking about tea, which you, you guys don't know is that there's coffee here at the... Uh, the Colts facility, yeah, and it's the Green Mountain variety. Oh yeah, um, and I mean, it's, it's there. It's fine. I'm just trying to learn more it's things okay. about you. That's all. It's okay. Like at home, I'd much much rather have like, you know, like the more the like the uh, Dunkin' Donuts is really good. You make that, or the like. I like to get the ones that are like Costa Rican or stuff. Like You're talking about coffee again, right? Yeah, like we're not going back to tea. So you drink coffee at home. Coffee most of the time. Are you, I, I don't, the tea thing is just, is this relatively new for you? I go in and out. Okay. I go in and out with tea. Uh, and it's usually at night. It's usually at night. But I, I think I'm going to switch to tea uh, now that it's colder. I think I'm going to switch to tea at the Colts facility. That makes sense. It's slightly in the middle of the day. supposed to be better for you than, than coffee. I don't um, know if that's true. That has nothing to do with it. It's just that they if they if they put my coffees over there, I just drink coffee. But Do you go decaf at night if, you, if you're feeling it or no? Nope. I actually buy decaf. And I just stack it in the back, and then I'm like, okay, if I want coffee at like 9 o'clock at night, I'm going to have that decaf. Nope. Nope? You go regular straight? Yep. Do you just not drink coffee at night, or do you drink it at night? Uh, I drink it every once in a while with like di- with like dessert, if there's like a specific, but I don't eat a lot of dessert, so okay. it's there's it's very minimal. And if I do drink coffee at night, I have a little uh, mug that I got from uh, when I went to London. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a very small one. You can okay. put six ounces in it, so it's smaller. All right. I, I I don't know why I found that interesting. You're drinking tea. I hope other people. Earl Grey did. tea. If you didn't, if we hadn't said Colts Insider at the beginning, people wouldn't know this was a Colts podcast. I think it was like a, a nice warm beverage. There might of. be somebody who's turned this off by now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not a warm. <laughs> it's not a warm beverage podcast. It's a. It's. I just you know we get get to know your insiders a little bit. That's all. I uh, I really prefer apple cider at night when it's cold. Now that I live back in an apple cider area. Okay. I don't drink apple cider. Don't like that either. Don't like tea. Don't like apple cider. I don't know where to segue. There's no good segue. I tried to think of a good segue into that <laughs> from apple cider to Adam Vinatieri missing kicks. I can't do it. Well, but. I'm drinking tea, and sometimes you kick off of a tea. Okay, that's pretty good. That's not bad. Adam doesn't, though. He only kicks field goals at this point. He doesn't kick off. Uh, that's a good point. He doesn't kick off. Um, the problem with Adam only kicking field goals is he's not doing that very well. Everyone knows this. He's missed 10 kicks this year. There it's almost less about the field goals, too. Right. Right. It's almost more about the extra it's points. It's the gimme. He's, like. he's 5-5 yeah. and five for people that don't know. Um and again, you can break these down in a billion different ways. He's he's missed um, seven on grass, three on turf. Uh, he's missed yeah five extra points, five field goals. He's actually two of three on fifty plus. So he's got the that like that doesn't seem to be his issue like it is for some other kickers like Matt Bryant. Um, and also, you know, we can have this laces in out conversation. I, I what conversation about Adam Vinatieri do you want to have at this point? I mean, I mean the answer that is I don't want to, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have to. Um, I think I think it's important to say and I don't know if this message gets across or not cuz I feel like I've said it before but like with the laces out thing and the operation like yeah it's it's okay to say both that that operation wasn't good right. and they shouldn't have the laces facing towards him yeah. and also that he hasn't been good enough this year both things are true right and by saying one or examining one you're not neglecting the other right uh it's all fair to me. Which I don't think is necessarily coming across. Like, I don't know how much the laces matter or don't matter. Uh, I know it matters. 
and I think we said this on the last podcast, but like I was in addition to my other duties, I was the holder for my high school team, and the only thing they told me was laces out. So it has to matter. So my kicker, um, my kicker guru Jeff Reed says it does matter. It does throw off the way it hurts to actually kick it with kick laces. There you um, go. But he says that um, Jeff Reed, by the way, is the former Super Bowl winning kicker of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I talked to him a while ago about finitary things, and so I was able to text him this week. And he, yeah, he said he's actually made laces kicks though in his career. He's come away very surprised every time he did it because he's just like, oh, I didn't know. But you just have to kind of kick through it. He says mentally, you definitely have that blip in your head, like, mm-hmm. oh god, I'm not supposed to be seeing laces right now, and you have to kick through it. And and he says Adam's experienced enough to do that, and it just let something happen. I mean, I do think it's important. Um, with kicking technique, oh, I shouldn't say important. It was interesting to me. Um, I think to just admit that I don't really know a lot about kicking technique. Very few people do. Seriously, I don't know a ton about killi- kicking technique. And I think the thing that really stuck out to me, I knew laces are supposed to be out, obviously. Right. Uh, I also knew that that's mostly on the snapper in the NFL. Um, from previous conversations, I didn't know that it's okay for a kicker to hit the ground on their backswing. Yes. I didn't realize that. Apparently that happens. Vinny does that more than just this other day. Yeah. That Pat thing. McAfee said it's very normal. Yeah. And I know there's people out there who are like, well, it's Pat McAfee. But but I also think there's a point with Pat McAfee you have to go, he knows way more about kicking than I do. Yeah. And all you have to do is watch the video where Pat sees the laces in real time on a tiny little ball on a screen to know like he's just looking at it differently than you are. So I think I didn't know that. So, like, it's not that he chili dipped it or however you want to say it, do whatever I do with my golf club. It's That's part of it. Yeah. Um, and the, the issues are elsewhere. And I think that's the thing. It's like when you try to diagnose this, it's almost more important to just be simplistic with it and just be like, he's missed too many. Right. Like I said, we can talk forever. I talked to Luke Rhodes. I talked to Rico Barcentes about the operation, about how it went wrong, about what was supposed to go right. Luke mm-hmm. was actually very surprised it didn't go right. He thought he had snapped it identically to what he always does. Like, it was funny. Frank Reich said, one in a hundred, this happens. He calls it fluky. I said that to Rigo, and Rigo was just like, if that, if that many times, like one in a hundred. It, it yeah, snappers are really good yeah. in the NFL. Luke's They're really, really good. good. There's a reason he's the highest paid guy in the NFL. He's good at his mm-hmm. job. They're really good. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think the larger question here is, and it just it, it doesn't have to be about technique. or I do think it's interesting to see that Adam, Adam we talked to Adam today, yep. and he basically said he's not healthy. Yeah. Not 100% healthy. He, I mean, he inferred it multiple times. Never actually came out and said it, right? Mm-hmm. Like he said, he said, somebody asked, are you 100% healthy? He said, I'm fine. Somebody, then he referenced the fact that his knee was said bothering I'm, him going said into I'm camp. all right yeah. at one point. Yeah. He said I was like in camp. He's like, oh, I had the knee thing. So that kind of threw me off at the beginning of the season. And you're like, okay. So why aren't you in the injury report? And that I can't tell you. I don't fully understand the NFL's rules um, and all that stuff. So I don't, I, don't, under- I don't really understand them completely. If he doesn't want to use it as an excuse, I get it. But then it's very rare for a team to get fined. The Steelers were. Yeah, but, but, they were, but the Steelers were fined after their quarterback ended up getting surgery. I just I think it has to be really egregious to get fined. So I don't, but I don't know the exact like letter of how they're supposed to do that. I just don't like. Okay, if you're not going to be on the injury report, that's fine. But then don't talk about the injury. <laughs> I see what you're saying there. All right, 
I, I yeah, I, I just don't understand. And again, if he's dealing with something, that's fine. But then I don't understand why you're not in the injury report. It, those two things don't click for me. I'm not saying use it as an excuse, but it's it's strange that it's coming up more. But again, he is being forced to answer more questions about why he's missing, and he's definitely turning to within for some answers. So maybe he's saying maybe my knee doesn't, my plant leg doesn't feel as good as it should have. I do think that the Colts are in a very tough place here, and it's not as simple as it seems. Yeah, put on your GM cap. Take off your run the damn ball hat, which they're everywhere <laughs> here, and put on your GM cap and, and say, what do you, what do you, if, you're the, if you were Chris Ballard on Monday morning, what are you doing with Adam Vinatieri well, last, this past month? The, so there's, there's a lot of stuff going on here that I think maybe doesn't I – don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if I was Chris Ballard if, how much it would matter to me, but it's just like when you think about it, yeah. the options out there – aren't necessarily good. Uh, we were sort of shocked to find out that the people who've been signed as replacements elsewhere are actually worse on field goals than Vinatieri is right now. Yep. Um, that shocked me. I didn't realize that. Um, so you're kind of in a situation where if he struggles or if you bring in somebody else, they're probably going to struggle. Right. Um, and then I think there's a locker room element to this. I completely agree. Adam has a different position on this team than most kickers do. Um, Almost ever, by the way, but yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Most kickers kickers are kind of like their own thing. Right. And that's just the way it has to be because they do one thing and they practice by themselves. And yep. They don't practice as long. And But Adam, because of his length in the league and his reputation, has a bigger role and voice in this locker room. And so I think you, you probably have to really look at, is this going to piss the locker room off? Oh, I was going to go the other way, which is Frank Reich has already admitted this double standard, which again, mm-hmm. double standard has a negative connotation to it, but and in, maybe it is, but he admitted this double standard saying that while we all we all hold ourselves to high standards, some people get more leeway than others. He he said he called it latitude. He he said Well, and that's that's that to, I was glad he said that because it's frustrated me for years yeah. when coaches deny act it. Like it's not true. It's so gar- it's such garbage. And he's right. He's 100% like, right. The easiest example I can think of is that Brett Favre threw six interceptions a couple times, right. like a couple times in his career. Yeah. And if Brett Favre throws six interceptions, you start him the next week. Without if, hesitation. If uh, Gardner Minshew throws two interceptions, Nick Foles is coming in the next week as the starter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just, there's an obvious reason why. I was really glad he said that. But but I do think it'd be interesting to find out like what they really yeah like like if you truth serum to the players are they going okay how long is the leash on this now because like we're trying to win games here and 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 again for the millionth time there are other issues with the Colts on their losses but the fact remains his three misses against San Diego <laughs> Los Angeles Chargers cost him that game London Chargers <laughs> I should I start swearing now <laughs> that was that, like yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That the fact is that that game doesn't go to overtime if he makes his three kicks. The fact is, if he makes his game-winning kick against the, uh, Pittsburgh this weekend, they win the game. Mm-hmm. If he makes his extra point, and they don't have to go for two later, and he makes both extra points, the game's tied. Like, there's he's lost two games, and I wonder if the players are getting like, okay, he's the goat, he's the greatest of all time. But when does the resume start to not matter anymore? Like, I don't, I don't, we don't know that. We have no idea. Twenty-three years, like again. I don't think any no Colts player has said anything. So why we don't are, have any, any why idea. are why are kicks that he made ten years ago relevant now? I, I don't know. That, that's that's I guess that's where I'm at. And so, and to your point, there's probably not better kickers out there but okay so let me let me pose this question to you mm-hmm. then and i think i've mentioned this to you off air it came from our editor who i think he said he saw it somewhere else but matt bryant has been really really he got kicked cut by the falcons he's been really really good on um kicks 49 yards and, and shallower 
uh, including extra points. You pretty much know he's going to make them. He's been bad. He missed four kicks beyond 50 yards. Do you feel more comfortable if you're Frank Reich, if you have a kicker where you're like, okay, I can't send him out there for a 50-yard field goal. I know he's probably not going to do it, but 49 yards and less, or you know, 48, 47, somewhere in there, I know he's probably going to make it. Does that make your job easier? Do you like somebody like that? I don't think it makes your job easier. You don't think, think so? Make, uh, well, <sighs> number one, on this issue of Matt Bryant specifically. Yeah, no, no I No, no, on, on him specifically, I just yeah. want to throw this out there for people who are wondering about him. Does Matt Bryant want to go somewhere other than Atlanta? No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Uh, so that's that. I think is part of that discussion. But okay. here's so here's the problem: if your kicker can't kick beyond fifty, you can lose a game because he can't do that. And so it, you didn't lose the game because of a missed kick, but you sort of did. But you can. But like, if you're Frank, you're like, if you're fifty-five yards away from a field goal, you're like, well, we can't settle here. We have to get eight more yards, ten more yards. I know, but. You also would like to have somebody I know. who, if you if you get the ball back with forty five seconds on your twenty five, and you just need to get to the thirty seven, yep, you'd like to have that. Say you're playing the Denver Broncos and you need a fifty one yard no, game winner, which I, is what Adam did, right? Or the fifty five yarder he made earlier in that game. Yep. Um, so I don't know. It, that just to me that just sort of highlights like there's no perfect situation here. No, is there in kicker hell? Unless no. unless one of these guys out there is. You know, like, I don't think we really know what Elliot Fry is. No, you kind of know what Cody Parkey is, though. He had a real rough year last year, but he's been a pro bowler. Yeah, you sort of know what Cody Parkey is. He's I available, know, but, well, but that's the thing. Like, you do know what Cody Parkey is. He's a guy who hasn't been good enough to stick with any team. It's true. Um, so You're right. Kicker hell. We're back to it. Yeah, like, you're just in a weird spot here, and I don't. I don't know what I would do because I don't. I, I think the thing we don't know. I don't think we know what the locker room thinks. Yeah, I mean, maybe we do, right? Maybe we do know the fact that they're sticking with him. Maybe that's well. What that's what they've always said. Right. Is, that's what they've. That's what the players have always said. Is that's the greatest of all time. Like that matters. And and I know the locker room does matter to Chris Ballard deeply. It does. All right. Before we move on past Vinny, uh, we're gonna get to. By the way, I should have told a bad host. We need to get to the preview of what we're doing. We're talking Jacoby. We'll talk the offensive line. Of course, we'll talk the Dolphins. And then we had a, we heard a lot of good things from Eric Ebron today. So we'll get into that. Um, yeah, but the last thing I wanted to ask you is: is do you do you think this changes the way Adams kicked the last two games? Do you think this changes the way Frank coaches Sunday against Miami? You won't admit it, obviously, ever. Maybe. Yeah, I think yes. I think the thing that might I think it might change it more uh, when they play Jacksonville. Okay. They're gonna Explain. Be a, they're gonna be in a dome on Sunday. Yeah, I, mean, I guess the 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 roof could be open, but no, yeah, point point well taken. But the surface, I think. Um, in fact, aren't th- aren't aren't Adams' three worst games this year on grass? Yes, but he has three misses on turf. But his three worst games are on grass. Yes, the first two games, and then last week. Um, so, I think. I think at home you probably feel more confident, especially since he did just hit the 55-yarder and the 51-yarder against yeah. Denver, even with the miss. Um, I think when they get to a grass game again. It'll be different? Yeah, I think you'd have to I, wonder. You were there, man. I was there. I, I, again, I can't write this because I, I, I can't infer what people mean, but I thought Frank's 
last three times he's defended him, which is Sunday after the game, Monday in the press conference, and then when we asked him questions yesterday, were all much softer defenses, endorsements of Adam Vinatieri than they were earlier in the year. Uh, it's too hard for me to really. I just I don't I I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable guessing I, on on like tone that kind of thing and, on yeah, tone. And body yeah. language. I I agree with you. I just it, to me like we got the full like the Monday after the second Tennessee game where he was they had their meeting or whatever. We could talk to him on the press conference on the news conference and he was just like just want to get this clear. You didn't wait for the question. Just want to be clear. Adams our kicker. I believe in him more than anybody and he I'll trust him to send out a 50-yard field goal whatever. We didn't get that these last the last couple questions. Well, they won the game. No, we didn't get they won against Tennessee. That's true. You're right. No, but and I think that's that's. I mean, this is a good segue to like what they're thinking about the Dolphins because it's very different when they lose. You're right, and I agree. on Sunday fine, but like again, I thought on Monday it was very tepid, and I thought on I thought on yesterday it was kind of tepid. Have you thought? I asked him how much leeway you think you give him. No, we haven't had a conversation about that. Now he could he answered the question directly. Give him credit. well. I think the other thing is that ultimately this decision doesn't rest with him. I agree. But he there's he definitely has the responsibility if he thinks this way to tell Chris, hey, I can't win with this guy, or I can't win with this guy, or whatever his whatever right. he's saying. He he right. does have that. I, I it's too hard for me to like read into tone. It okay. just is. That's fair. Like I said, there's I just, too many other things. Like the loss thing, I think matters. Like coming off a loss, I think can change tone. I'm like I said, I can't write it with the fin- and again, I think to writing and me and you and people listening just discussing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair just to say it sounded different to me, but. Like I said, I don't know that it's definitive. You're right. It's hard to it's hard to be sure. So anyway, we don't have to talk about Vinny anymore. We've talked enough about Vinny. Hopefully next week we're talking about his makes um, rather than his misses. Or just not at all. Or ju- well, <laughs> just not at all. Yeah, like I said, I'm not. Yeah, I, I I just want it just to be resolved one way or the other. But um, yeah, let's move on to Jacoby. You saw him today practicing. Uh yeah, I saw him going through agility drills with the quarterbacks and okay. throwing. Um, uh oh. Last time we saw a quarterback going through agility drills. Yeah, we're going to have to, like, <laughs> I haven't even looked at my Twitter yet. I just, re- like, I realized that I tweeted out he was going through drills, and, like, I guarantee I'm going to have some snarky responses. You should. Um, we, can we, can we like, just for the sake of <laughs> San- my sanity, sanity. <laughs> can we throw that out? Like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing that happened you at the beginning of the season. You think. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Jim's trying to make me swear on this podcast. I know. Uh all signs have been really good for him this week from before we even really got to practice. Yeah, I agree. Frank Reich is generally very conservative with what he says about injuries, and he said from the start, like, Jacoby's feeling optimistic. Now, he did try to temper it by saying, you you need to see how he practices, but he's been out, he was, Jacoby was upbeat on Tuesday. Yeah. He practiced on Wednesday. Yep. He's doing footwork drills that everybody else is doing. I mean, the signs look pretty good to me. Yeah. And this is an injury that, I mean, I think it's important. I don't love doing this all, all the time, but this is, I think, in terms of whether or not you can play with this injury, it's instructive to know that a lot of other quarterbacks have played with it. Right. And I, I, to be honest with you, I thought Frank's comments were like, you guys, like at the end of the answer on Jacoby yesterday, he's like, you guys know he's old school. Like, you know, he's, you know he's going to want to tough Well, and I, I think that's important. He's Jacoby Brissett is really tough. Yep. And before you say, like, how do you know that? Well, he... Uh, <laughs> listeners, got, listeners will remember I went to New England. Oh, there's this, yeah. At the beginning of the season after Andrew retired, and one of the things that one of the reasons people in New England who are who were there when he who still like love him so much is that he played through a torn thumb ligament on his throwing hand. Yeah, 
Um, we also saw him get the crap kicked out of him in his first year in Indianapolis. Right, right. But in terms, of, in terms of definable injuries, he had a torn thumb ligament, yeah. played through it. I think that's important. I think that's important to know. Um, he he can and will play through pain. I would be surprised at this point, the way he's practiced the last two days, Wednesday and Thursday, from what Frank said about him, from what kind of Jacoby said himself, that he's optimistic, that he's hopeful, all those things. I'd be surprised if we don't see him on Sunday. I yeah, me too. I think I've, that point, I've kind of felt that way the whole time. Yeah, he he was pretty. You know, I think he was. He did the best he could to defend the team in that on Sunday when he didn't mm-hmm. go back in the game to say like, we decided that was best for the team. Brian was playing well enough, all that stuff. I think he was itching to get back in that game. Oh, I mean, clearly was. I mean, yeah. tried a long time to get back in the game. He did. He stayed in the tent for a long time. I think he said, "What were you guys talking about the tent?" He stayed in there for a long time. I think that was a long conversation of trying to convince people to let him play. Well, and he got out and he ran around. Yeah. And was jumping like I just yeah I yeah uh, and like it's not like he has to he always wears a brace by right me so there's not like a an adjustment period for that like he would just wear the same brace yeah that's what he said right uh huh yeah um and I I don't think it necessarily hampers him all that much we'll see I mean we'll have to see if his this is front leg right so it's his it's the I don't know the driving that's not the driving leg but the plant leg it would just be the front leg. So I think it matters more on some of the stuff we've seen from him in the pocket, evading the rush. Yeah, that kind of thing. that's fair. Okay, yeah, but like I said, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't play, which is, I don't know. I wrote about this on Sunday. If he doesn't, which again, we'd both be surprised if he doesn't, but they're in good position. Brian Hoyer is a, is a very capable backup quarterback. Among backups, yeah, he's one of the best it. in the league. Like, yeah, we I, saw it. He just is. Mm-hmm. He just is like, I mean, again, we, you talked about this. I think you said people got mad about how much he got paid. I think he showed you why on Sunday. And first of all, he didn't get paid that much. But he, he was high, he's highly paid among backups. He's he's what he got exactly what above average backups get. That's why I was just yeah. My point was going to be you saw why he got paid. You don't see mm-hmm. there aren't, I, I I saw a stat and I can't remember exactly what it was, but there haven't been that many quarterbacks almost ever who come in and throw three touchdowns in three quarters. Also, I I don't have any idea why anybody cares. It, the only thing that matters is the salary cap. You're right. It's Jim Irsay's money. It's not your money. So <laughs> stop worrying about it. But like I just yeah I don't know like I said I thought we saw on Sunday why exactly the Colts valued him the way that they do well and I think I think for either quarterback I think what they have to do this week might be lessened because the Dolphins are terrible at stopping the run they're also bad against the pass <laughs> that's true <laughs> they're just bad. but if you if you have Marlon Mack oh great and this offensive line and you're going against a team that's really off like truly awful at stopping the run right and a slightly gimpy quarterback Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and an offensive line that we can talk about in a minute. Actually, we can just segue. Let's do this now. An offensive line that has been very, pretty questionable in pass blocking the last couple weeks, but yeah. very, but very mm-hmm. good in the run game. Yeah. Or, you know, I think really good. I don't know. Like this, B they've, plus. They've had, they've had a few negative runs. B, B plus. The negative runs are yeah, it down. But, but mostly they've been pretty consistently good. So, yeah, you're, you're writing an offensive line story, I think, today. Um, so people probably have read it by the time they listen to right. this. So tell tell us tell people what they're going to have read. Well, I just went <laughs> I just went and asked like what happened with the sacks. Okay, and I watched them all again, and it's not identification. They're not confusing people. Yeah. Um, and so like I don't think if uh, if Ryan Kelly leaves the game and then there's a lot of free rushers and stuff like that, I think you can put an identification. Right. Especially with Hoyer in the game too, right. backup quarterback, backup center. But it wasn't that. They, people just getting beat, and it just comes down to technique stuff. I really liked, by the way, um, I talked to Braden Smith, who's had a really, uh, he's been through a little bit of a gauntlet in the last three games. Two Watts and a, and a Von Miller? Two Watts and a Von Miller is a pretty tough thing, and I really liked his attitude towards it, which is, 
not just that he it wasn't just that he like relishes the challenge like he just says they those guys make you better yeah like going against those guys makes you better for the long haul down the rest of the season i, I just i really like that approach to it um because von miller and the two watts are very good those are three of the best pass rushers in football they're very very good and 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 more to a point, like, this is sort of Braden Smith's life. Like, the best pass rushers in football generally rush from the left now. Uh, this is this is sort of his life. And so, it, it's – I like the way he looked at it. I just really like that he was – he didn't just say, I relish the challenge. It was it was when I when, when those guys get me, um, it's an opportunity. It's a chance to learn. He's gotten beat, I think, by all of them at least once. So. But you should. No, I'm not. Again, I'm not you know coming. I mean? like I'm not coming should. at him. I, I think he's. Again, I, we talk about this all the time with offensive linemen, and and I see. I saw. I can't remember what offensive lineman tweeted it, but like, they play like 65 snaps, and they get beat once or twice to get crushed, and they're yes. good on 63 snaps or whatever. Like, and there there's some, especially in the Steelers game, there were a couple of sacks that I thought the quarterbacks didn't help. Um, the first one that Jacoby took. It might be the only. I it might be the only one that Jacoby took. I can't remember when he went out, but. He just should have right. thrown the ball. Yeah, it was too long. Yeah, I mean, he rolled, tape on he that rolled one, yeah. out to the right, and I, th- I think maybe he thought Bud Dupree couldn't catch him. Or oh, something. from behind. Yeah, yeah, I remember this now. It, it was just too long. And, and then there was another sack that Brian Hoyer scrambled into a player he that did. Marlon Mack had taken to the ground. He ran into somebody, yep. The guy made the tackle kind of getting up from the ground. So the, the, these aren't – it's not perfect. And when we talked to Nick Sirianni about it, he said uh, it's not just the offensive line. Sometimes it's the quarterback, sometimes it's the running back. I thought there were two specifically in with Pittsburgh that were the quarterback. Um, and I do think you're going to take, and I think most people know this, you're, the Colts are going to take more sacks with Jacoby at quarterback um, than they did with Andrew Luck. It's just the way it is. Why do you say that? Jacoby takes longer to throw, statistically. It's not that much longer, though, is it? It is now. It is now? It's starting to get that way. Okay. I can't remember what the next-gen stats were, but Andrew was close to the top of the league last year. In terms of time to throw, and Jacoby's fallen. Jacoby's had some games like that. Yeah, but he's fallen down. It's just a interesting bit. you say that because Andrew Andrew had a reputation probably before last year of holding on to yeah, the ball. Yeah, I'm too only long. talking about the last two years. Okay. I'm only talking about the last two years because I didn't I didn't watch Andrew on a game to game basis. Okay, that's it interesting. Wasn't this offense. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, and and to be fair to Jacoby in the offensive line before these last two games, he wasn't taking it. He had seven sacks. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think it's like a giant yeah, right. amount more. Not a huge I don't difference. think it's a giant amount more, but I do think there's potential for more of that. Now, you definitely get less interceptions. So, give and, give and take. Yeah, right. And, and, and as every Twitter fan would tell you, you get less interceptions, but you get less big plays because Jacoby doesn't take as many shots downfield, which I think is arguable, but whatever. It's a little bit arguable. In fact, it's a lot arguable. Their yards per attempt right now are almost exactly the same. I, I've been trying to put out the numbers for people usually every day. I almost do. I usually do it every two weeks, but since Jacoby got hurt last week, I didn't. But like, I just, I don't think the offenses are. I don't think if Andrew Luck was running this offense, the numbers would look extremely different than they do now. Well, I think so. I think I think it's important to say um, we can talk about this. We can preview I'm, for this week's bigger story. We're, I'm just kind of looking at. The offense, the defense, special teams, it's halfway point. We're yeah, we're midway that. through the season. It's a good and time to do it. Here's the thing about the offense. They are scoring less points and gaining less yards. That is true. The only real difference is that they're running the ball more. And so yards per carry are basically the same. Yep. Uh, yards per completion are roughly the same. I think they actually might be one. They might be like a tick ahead of them. Versus versus the first eight games last year versus the whole season last whole year. Whole season okay. last year. That's, no, I, I, uh, that's what I'd like to know. So yeah. And then 
the yards per attempt, I think Jacoby's a tick behind Andrew, um, which is just a difference in completion percentage, a fairly minimal. And, and so the thing is, like, people are going to say, well, if all the yards per play are the same, then how come the yards aren't the same? Because running plays gain less yards than passing plays. And take more time. Yeah, and their their time of possession's way up. Yeah, takes more time, um, and they run fewer. Yeah, I mean, you just. And there have been some games this year where that really mattered. Uh, if you just look at the individual mat- matchup, Kansas City. Huge. You you run the ball against Kansas City. The Chargers game, the Chargers sort of live off of their secondary, or at least they did in their previous incarnation before all the injuries, and they got back in that game by running the football. So uh, some of that's matchup dependent because we have seen them throw the ball primarily in other games. Yep, it's just been a lot of games where the matchup says to run. I yeah, I think this last this last week was probably more of a. Kind of both, I guess. The way they they went up again against Pittsburgh, like they ran the ball with some success, but again, Hoyer had three touchdown passes, so he was pretty good. They they, they actually found some decent success against. Them. I thought I thought the, the 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 real thing about Sunday's game was just they just they just shot themselves in the foot over right. and over again. Yeah, I, if you look like if you pull back and don't look at each individual play, you're like, man, they played pretty well. Offense, defense, mm-hmm. other than special teams, offense, defense played pretty well. And then yeah, you look at those individual plays where they just crush themselves with penalties and we don't need to relive it we did it before it's fine but like i think offensively and defensively they've, they're trending in the right direction uh, on both You'll, like i said i'm anxious to read your story because i want to see what um what you say about that but um yeah as far as the offensive line goes they have to do a better job i think this won't be exactly a great test this week though miami doesn't really get after the passer no it will not yeah they're okay most games this year, they've had one sack. They had one game with three sacks. I think it was last week against Darnold, so you throw that one out completely. Let, let's just set this up. I think that the, the Colts are 10 or 11-point favorites in this game. They're double-digit favorites, which is kind of strange in a way because the Colts have only played one score game so far. Um, the Dolphins are not going to be the pushover, I think, that people think they might be. No, they're playing well. Four last four games, they've been in those games. They're. I think they're playing above their... T- I shouldn't say above their... Maybe above their talent level. I don't know. They've traded away so much of their talent. It's hard to know. Um, but there's some there's some matchups that are like they're awful against the run. They've only held two teams this year to fewer than 100 yards rushing. Uh, one of them was a Le'Veon Bell-less Jets. Uh, one the other one was the Chargers. Um, yeah. Their offensive line. It's got two former Colts. Uh, it, this is sort of like a oof. Uh, so from left to right, their offensive line is Jamarcus Webb, who was way who was cut by the Colts. Uh, the left guard is a third-round pick, rookie. So that guy is a probable building block. Uh, center is Evan Bain, traded from the Colts for essentially just the right to pick higher in the seventh round. The right guard is a player I'm pretty sure they claimed off of waivers from the Bengals in late September. Yeah. And the right tackle is an undrafted free agent who has started for Miami in the past, but mostly at guard. Uh, if that's the same line as last week, I can't remember the injury report. So you're projecting eight sacks for Justin Houston? Uh, I'm projecting that just, man, the pedigree's there. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say about that, and, and I want you to, I think it would be important for you to say what Frank Reich said about, about playing the Dolphins this week, which is interesting. But, okay, last four games. They lost to Washington by one point, 17-16 on that botched two-point conversion mm-hmm. they could have won. They, they played the Bills tough, lost 31-21. We're mm-hmm. in that game the entire way. 27-14 to the Steelers when they jumped out to a 14-0 lead and mm-hmm. gave them a scare on Monday night, and then they eventually go and beat the they beat the Jets 26-18. This is this is a team that's playing for for a bad they're a bad team, but they're playing well for a bad team. Does that make sense? Right. This isn't the same Dolphins that was getting blown out at the beginning of the year. Oh my God, they lost by I mean the first four games they lost by 49, 43, 25, and 20. Those were the first four games. But the Colts are going to be far more talented. 
Um, and I think in that Steelers game and in the Bills game, you sort of saw like that's what happens to bad teams a lot is that they start off okay and then they just sort of collapse under the weight of the talent. Uh, it's sort of the same thing in college where like sometimes you have like the first quarter or second quarter of the bye games. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden like in the second half, it's like goes from like, oh, this is an upset alert to 59 to 17. Doesn't say much for the Jets. No, the Jets are bad. Because <laughs> they couldn't find a way back the in that Jets game. The Jets are very bad. Um, so the talent's there, but I think I think that there's an interesting part here, and I think the loss sort of made me not ask these questions, but someone did ask, like, how do you keep your team motivated when the other team against you is tanking? It's a great answer by Frank. And he said, we just lost. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think more importantly than they just lost, he said uh, – you feel like your back's against the wall when you lose in the NFL. You feel like you're you feel like you're right down there. And I think that's that's I think that's sort of how I think the public reacts too, and it's probably correct in some ways. Um because it's the NFL and anybody can beat anybody. Right. I mean Eric Ebron said it today, which is an interesting answer, and I think Oakland's probably better than we give them credit for it, but somebody said, you know, how do you do you take Miami likely? He's like, look at what happened with Oakland. Right. He's like, that can happen. And again, I think Oakland's probably a better team than, but the point being is any team can beat you, even a team you think you're definitely better than, even at home. Like, this is not a pushover game for them. I, I, I guess, well, this is the question I want to ask you. They're our favorite by 10 points. I know you hate gambling questions. <laughs> but it's relevant in that they've only played one score games. Right. This is a game I'm pretty sure you're picking them to win. Yes. I this game by two scores? Yes. Yes. Yep. Ten they're, so, they're so much better in the trenches. Okay. They're so much more talented in the trenches. And some of the teams that you talked about there, uh, Washington's just garbage. Well, defensively they're okay. But they're garbage overall. Yeah. That's a garbage team. Uh, and it, you look at some of the other ones, like they did jump out on Pittsburgh, and then what happened? Yeah. Pittsburgh came roaring back. Right. Um Buffalo. The Bills yeah. came roaring back, and neither of those teams have the Colts' offensive line. They're just they they're, just, they're over. The the Colts should win this game uh, by more than two scores. I was going to ask you. I was thinking about it. I think somebody in the media room was talking about. Are they going to blow this team out? And then I invented a word called a slow out in my head. It's going to be a slow blowout. Like they're going to like they're going to be up by three, and then they're going to be up by <laughs> ten, and they're going to be up by thirteen, and then all of a sudden you're going to look at the scoreboard, and they're going to be up by like seventeen. You're like, how'd that happen? And it's because I don't think Miami's going to be able to move the ball well on them, and I think the Colts are just going to kind of slowly run the ball well against them and just well, kind of keep Miami's, building the lead. So Miami's offense, what they've been doing last, they, they've kind of getting they're kind of getting better season from Devontae Parker than they had, and they were they were really liking what they'd seen from Preston Williams, and Preston Williams is out. Sad face, yeah. Um, and teams like the Colts that take away the big play. Are not good for Fitz Magic because <laughs> Fitz Magic makes it by just throwing it up in the air and going, "Go get it!" Right, right. <laughs> this teams like this, it's more, you get more Fitz Tragic. We're oh nice. We're uh-huh. back, but we're back to Yolo Ball. Yeah, a little bit, which is kind of fun. Yeah, because um, they have no running back to speak of. Right, by the way, they traded Kenyon Drake. Mark Walton suspended. All I know is, all I know is that uh, I saw a tweet today about Kalen Balage. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Uh, He's and, alive, huh? And I think <laughs> something like outside of one carry last week, he, he had two yards a carry. He's been awful. Um, so yeah, it's just this is a bad team. I mean, it's 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 weird to say that and say at the same time that they're they're playing better. But you're, 
the reason we think they're playing well is because we thought they were going to lose every game by 50. Right, and they won a game. Uh, yeah, Kalen Balage, by the way, was like a weird... He's one of those weird like, size speed freaks like at Arizona State. Yeah. He was like yeah. 6'2", but he ran like a 4'4". Four, four. It was like, like, oh, man. And then, But like pretty much anybody that analyzed him was like, yeah, but he does nothing else well. And that has played, I think, to be true here. And again, with, that, with the offensive line that you described and no real running back like Kenyon Drake or even Mark Walton, I think they're going to have a really hard time running the ball against the Colts. So then you get Ryan Fitzpatrick dropping back against a rush that and probably will win. There are going to be two drives. I'm going on a limb. Two drives where Ryan Fitzpatrick just goes right down the field because that's what he does. And then they're going to that's the Fitz magic, right? He just he just for some reason you're going to be frustrated as a Colts fan, like well, how is this guy ripping us apart? And it'll happen once or twice during mm-hmm. this game. I think twice, maybe ish. But the other drives, the Colts will find a way to get a three and out get an interception because, like you said, Fitzmagic becomes Fitztratic and just chucks it up. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think this is going to be a game where Matt Eberflus doesn't do anything too complicated, plays some safeties back, waits for Fitzmagic to just throw his 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 you know his deep balls and let Malone. Well, and with Preston Williams out there, their matchups get real bad. Yeah, Parker Parker's pretty much the only Albert one. Albert Wilson's okay. Yeah, Albert Wilson's fast, real fast, and you don't want him like on a crossing route. And Parker, like I said, he's a big physical guy. He can go up and get it. He's a guy you worry about for sure. If you have Pierre to see, you feel a lot better. Right, and I don't think we know yet. You see my practice today? Uh, yeah, but they're, they're going to be real cautious with him, I think. I think Frank said that basically last week, that they're going to try to get him back to 100. This. Do you start him against Miami, or do you play it safe? Oh. I love this question, because you hate it. <laughs> I do hate it. You think anybody in the NFL, if they're healthy, they should play? Yes. Or if they're healthy enough to play, they should play. Yes. So it to me it comes down to it doesn't the, it's not opponent specific. You normally are you are you reconsidering that theory no. t- this week? No. So if he's like ninety nine percent, what are you doing? You play. I play him. Ninety six percent. I I mean like the I I I think if he's that close, I, you're you're assuming he's not going to get hurt again. Um, the hamstring though those things are kind of like wonky. they are weird yeah they are weird but like i i just don't think the opponent should matter like you play him or you don't 90 percent. then i probably wouldn't play him because they're trying to get back to 100 okay so but 99 you're 99 95 96 <laughs> it's, he's basically there okay so there is a line it's just a really really fine one for yeah you. but it, to me it's not about the opponent it's just like they said they wanted to get him healthy again i don't even know what 95 means that means like he woke up in the morning i was never like, i was about to tell you i've never ever heard a player say they played at 95 percent. yeah never. you woke up and you're like i kind of it felt something that went away like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what it is like i stretched and i was like ooh, that doesn't feel great and then it went away like i, I don't really know like i don't know what 95 percent. 95 percent is like you banged your shit on somebody and you're like a little bit off for two plays <laughs> I think, uh, well, actually, to, to you know what 95% is? Might be where the kicker's at. I have no idea. I'm Maybe. not going to guess. I I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I brought it back up. <laughs> I'm, I'm a kicker obsessed right now. I'm reading, like, th- player, other players are saying stuff, and I'm reading into it. And, like, he's talking about the kicker. But I don't know if it's true. Uh, last thing I want to get to before we wrap this thing up um, is Eric Ebron, just because he was so candid mm-hmm. today. Um, the told tight end has been... Uh, I, he, he okay. Let's say what he said. He said he wanted to be. He wants a bigger part of this offense. He wants to be more involved. He wants to be on more plays. He was a decoy a bunch of times for in, during the Pittsburgh game, uh, which I think he's okay with. I think he just wants to be on the field more. Is what he's saying. But he's pretty much doing what he did last year, right? Yes. Like snaps wise. Snaps wise, he's right where he was okay, before. Okay, so he, he's he's down in snaps this year. We'll we'll say that total. Yes. Okay. 
He's down in total snaps this year. He's playing 55% of them last year. He's playing 39 this year. Okay. There's a giant, giant caveat to that. Flashing lights. And it wears number 84. Yeah, it's Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle really was only healthy for five full games last year. Uh, In those five games, Eric Ebron played fewer than 25 snaps four times and played 34% of the snaps. So he's actually playing more this year than he did last year when Jack Doyle was healthy. And explain why. This is pretty simple. Why is Jack Doyle playing? Because Jack Doyle is a better all-around tight end. Exactly right. He blocks. And they want, and this team, as we've heard, runs the damn ball. Targets-wise, he was second in targets last year. Yep. Caught 17% or was targeted 17% of the overall targets for the Colts. This year it is 12. Again, there's a giant thing going on here. It's an 84. And it's wearing number 84. <laughs> I again, I, I and Ebron is still third in targets. Doyle is second behind Hilton, but Ebron is still third in targets. And it's not like this offense is looking a different direction. I looked up these other numbers too for tight ends. Frank Reich's offense is targeting tight ends almost identically to what they targeted last year. The receiving yards, the catches, almost all of it's the exact same or close to percentage. the exact same percentage wise. Yeah, well, I'll make sure it's clear percentage. Percentage wise, because this team is running the ball more and, and not throwing it as much. So it, the the reason Eric is not as involved in this offense is one, they're running the ball more, and two, Jack Doyle's healthy. Those mm-hmm. are that's it. It's very clear as to why that's happening. Now, yep. is Eric happy about that? No. And again, I have no problem with the playmaker that wants to get the ball. I don't. I don't have any. Pl- I don't have a problem with the guy that says I I can make good plays for you. Give me the ball. Because that's the kind of player you want. Yes. You want somebody who wants it in, in any moment. But you just don't want him to cross that line of like... But I, I just think I just think it's it's not a case of the Colts are doing something differently than last year. Right. The difference is that number 84 is healthy. The pro- yeah, see, the problem that's for it. Eric is that he's asking Frank to change who he is. He's asking him to change the offense. Yeah. Because the offense has been the same. Um, well, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier. The, the the only real difference in the efficiency numbers, or the only real difference, if you look at the numbers, is they're not they're running the ball more and they're not throwing it as much. Yeah. That's it. Unfortunately, the best way for Eric to get on the field more is to block better, or to I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Or for them to be down by. I 20. think I think there's there's probably a thought here where people are going, well, you could put him at receiver, and I don't necessarily hate that. In certain spots, in the red zone, maybe I, um, I don't know. I don't necessarily hate that, be especially right now because yeah. they're so thin. No, yeah. Um, I, I mean, better to him to get the targets right now than like Chester or or Deion Kane. Or Deion Kane. And I, I understand that, and maybe you can, you, maybe you can up his. But it, the the larger point that they're sort of like that that Frank has somehow forgotten he has Eric Ebron. Isn't that's just the numbers don't bear it out. No, he's gotten like I said, percentage wise of the throws. He's getting right where he was last also, year. Also, I think it's important to say here, some of it has to do with the quarterback. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, that's part of the reason I think they're not throwing as much, mm-hmm. one of them. Um, so it's not just the coach saying we're not throwing to him and stuff like that. Because um, the thing about, I mean, he said decoy. Yeah, against Pittsburgh. And he was. I watched the plays. On the Chester play, They have, he got double teamed. On the Chester touchdown, he gets double teamed, even though I don't think it was supposed to be schemed that way. They just, like, two guys went on top of him. And then he said he was definitely double teamed on the, uh, I think, the Jack touchdown? Right. Yeah. Well, that's, the, the it's not the Colts designing him to be decoy. That's the defense dictating that he's the decoy. Well, I think everybody knows he scored 14 touchdowns mm-hmm. last year, and a lot of it was in the red zone. So, like, I don't think, when, when, when coaches design plays, uh, there's a video... 
I think that with John Gruden talking to Brett Favre about a play that I could go on for the next six hours about, I won't. But he's talking about a specific play, and he said it's called an alert, and it's like a clear-out route. It's a post, actually. It's a post, but it's he, he's saying it's an alert. An alert doesn't mean it's a decoy. It just means it's probably not going to be there. If it is, throw it. So on the play to Chester, on the play to Jack, I don't think it's a situation where you go, if they don't double-team him and he's one-on-one with somebody and he's open, I don't think it's like, well, I can't throw it to him. He's the decoy. No, Hoyer Hoyer rolled right on this play, the one in mm-hmm. Chester I'm talking about, and there were only two receivers there. It was Chester and Ebron. Mm-hmm. And I think if Eric hadn't gotten double-teamed, he might have thrown it. Mm-hmm. But he did, and Chester was by himself, and there, there it is. Right, you throw to the wide open guy. You throw to the open guy. I Yeah, I... So, so I mean, Eric Ebron's played a lot more football than I have, so... Him saying decoy is... Well, he might have just phrased it wrong. I think what he um, meant was that he's getting... And again, I don't... He wasn't even... I don't want to use the word complaining. He wasn't even frustrated about the fact that he was being used as a decoy. He's being frustrated by the fact that he's not being used as much. Not playing more. More snaps. Right. Well, and as we said earlier, the difference is Jack Doyle. His, he said, when I'm on the field, good things happen. And he said he's been telling Frank this. He's been beating down his door because he's you know Frank has this open door policy mm-hmm. of you can come talk to me. Funny about that is, this is not the first time he's brought that up. He talked about this after the Houston game. Right. And we asked Frank about that. And Frank was kind of like, yeah, we talked about it. But I don't think Frank's ready to change. Like, I think he listens to his receivers. And, and, and Eric Ebron said, this franchise does a good job of listening to us. But I think Frank hears him and says, yeah, we'll try to maybe involve him in a little bit more. Well, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think that there's game plans where they're like, well, we're just going to ignore Eric. Right. Or, but oh, same the other way around. Like, if Eric, if Eric is... I don't think the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease just because he's being a squeaky wheel. Right. The fact, the only guy we've ever heard about, we've ever heard them say they go into, and I don't know, that, I don't know if we've ever asked enough to know if there's another person, but the only guy I ever remember this staff saying that they go into saying we have to get the ball to is T.Y. He's the only one, I'm sorry to Eric, he's a very talented player, but he's the only one that deserves that treatment in this team, in my um, opinion. That's the only person I think that that I've ever heard them say. T.Y. is a bona fide number one receiver in the NFL. There's no... right. Eric Ebron's um, a very good tight end, but I don't think he's like the guy that you have to scheme to get the ball to. I I, I think there's something he adds. The, I think there's something he adds to the offense. I think you'd like more of the big plays he brings. For sure. I'm not, again, he's a very yeah. good player on this offense. I'm not saying but, he's not. But the but. numbers say that it's the, the usage really isn't different from last year. It just isn't. And so I'll be writing about that today. Except uh, for games that Jack Doyle wasn't in. Right. Which he's here, so that changes do it. Do you want to suggest to people what you told Eric Ebron to do to get on the field more? Or do you want to not want to use that that particular story? I think it was about an ice skating situation. I don't remember what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Joel very kindly said that if Eric Ebron wants to play more, he needs a Tanya Harding. Uh, oh. Jack Doyle. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he was kidding. I just thought it was funny. Right. It made me laugh. If it didn't make you laugh, then it Because Because that, that, that's the difference in the snaps yeah, is when Jack's healthier. Now. Right. It's, and so if, if Jack is... I, would, I don't know. I, I, part of me thinks we might see more Mo. But I don't know. Not as much Mo. You're right. No, you're right. I could play more. You're right. Because Mo was available for most of those games last year. If Jack got hurt, if Jack got hurt, they'd be fairly thin at tight end. This they actually, year. and I did the run the numbers. They're not as deep. Five. Yeah, exactly. They had five tight ends play in the first eight games last year. Ryan Hewitt was on that list, and so was Eric. You're Falk. talking to the person who has play time spreadsheets. I know all this. Yeah. Oh, I, I know you know. <laughs> but it's for the fans out for the there. For the fans. They're fine out there they, they ran three games I only ran three this far cause there were there were uh, there was one or two games that they actually played all five well, which is insane yeah it's crazy yeah well they don't have Hale Hentges anymore he's a Washington uh, football player now um, it's true but 
So yeah, let's just go back to let me let's finish off with the Dolphins real quick because I think we we went through everything I wanted to get through this week in terms of who made news. Um, defensively, are you worried at all about? I don't know. Where, where are you? Where are you on in this game? I think we kind of talked about this, but where would if it's a thirty to ten game? Does that sound about right to you? Thirty to fit like fourteen? Yeah. That sounds about yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, the Colts are far more talented. Joel is secretly giving you betting advice. By the way, he doesn't even know it. <laughs> He doesn't even know it. No, I, I Well, I, I did say earlier we did say I did say at least on a, at least on one podcast earlier this year that the Dolphins might be like the one exception. Yeah, you're right, you did it. I think I remember that. That's so there you go. Well here, we'll play a fun over under game. Because like you, you think they're gonna run all over them, right? Yeah. Eighty eight yards for Marlon Mack. Over. Ninety eight yards for Marlon Mack. I think he goes for hundred this week. Hundred and ten? Now it's just now we're just getting. Like, we're just having fun. It's, it's <laughs> Miami week. I I, th- I think he's over a hundred, but if they, I do think you might see more Jordan Wilkins if the game gets out of hand. So I'll say a hundred. Okay, hundred yards per carry up, like like four and a half to five somewhere in yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah. If he if he finishes around with twenty and a hundred, that seems about right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where it's going to be. Uh, let's just play this fun game right before we end here. <laughs> if they lose this game. What is what is the devastation like? Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, it's it'd be the second week in a row that I feel like you lost to a team that you shouldn't have. I don't think they should have lost the Steelers. No, they were better. Wise. They, they were, were better team. Um, you can't do that. And plus, you'd be at five and four. Mm-hmm. You'd be giving up position in the in the playoff race and in the division. Yep. You'd lose the advantage. You if you lose this week, you lose the schedule advantage you have right now. I know we'd have to see the way they lost. But like, would you think much less of this team going forward if they lost yeah. to Miami? Yeah, like, like you would, like you couldn't. It, it would almost, it couldn't be a fluke, right? You'd just be like, well, this is if you're if you're susceptible to a loss like this, then that's that. yeah, yeah. By the way, this is the time the Colts can't go into a funk. Their their they the Houston schedule coming up is brutal. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is is yeah, you if were, you lose yeah. this game, you drop to five and four, and you lose your schedule advantage because the Texans don't play this week. But the Texans coming out of their bye have Baltimore, Indianapolis, New England. Yep. The Colts in that same stretch have Miami, Jacksonville, um, Houston. Houston, and then Tennessee when they're playing the when the Texans are playing the Patriots. So even with the loss last week, yep. you have a scheduling advantage. Dropping games to bad teams takes away your schedule advantage this, this for division, obvious reasons. That, the schedule you mentioned that part, and, and okay, Houston still has to host Denver. Not a gimme game. I, I pick Houston to win that game, but not a gimme yeah. game. And then they got Tennessee twice and Tampa Bay once. All games I would expect them to be favored in. Yeah, their December schedule gets really easy. Two Tennessee games. I don't know. One I, Tennessee. Tennessee is kind of like the the trick or treat team. Like you don't really know who you're yeah, going to get. Yeah, that's a good point. I have no idea what to expect from Tennessee. Week to week. Week to week, I get nothing. Tampa Bay is a little bit like that. Tampa Bay is like Tampa Bay is bad, but they're just good enough that you should be afraid of them. There's, I, they're such an easy team. Be great. Or this is a terrible Jameis game, which is far more often. Yeah, uh, but I mean the Colts also have Tampa. Um, yeah, and they could they could they could run into a good Jameis game. I mean the flip side of that is, of those two teams, the Texans are more susceptible to good Jameis because of some of their issues on defense so with injury. The secondary, exactly. But that's but gonna be that a, could change between now and then. That's gonna be one fun matchup for this Colts secondary. Godwin and, and Evans are both physical freaks. If the schedule flips back. It flips back. Yeah. It's harder for the Colts because they have Carolina and New Orleans in December. And the Texans obviously have the guys, the teams that you just mentioned. Someone's going to need a Tanya Harding, Christian McCaffrey before. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, enough. 
<laughs> well, I'm sitting here trying to figure out like what the stump drill could be. Yeah, I wanted you to, I wanted you to, I wanted you to guess. Um, just because I'm trying, I was looking this up. Um, because again, you're trying to get an idea more than looking at the screen for me. Well, how easy will that be uh, against the Dolphins? And I wanted to have you guess who, where the Dolphins rank among the teams in terms of giving up yards and catches to tight ends. Tight ends, yeah. Played New England, played Dallas. They're okay. Yeah, I'm played Baltimore. We can do yards first. They're pretty much they're right in the same area of both though. Thirteenth, highest or lowest? What? Thirteenth most. Thirteenth most. most. Four hundred (laughs) four hundred and fifty three yards to tight ends. So so not but not like a cakewalk. Right. But because that's right in the middle. And then catch. You want to do catches? Well, you said it was right around there, so I'll go fifteen, sixteen, mm-hmm. sixteen. But again, sixteen puts you in the the middle ground of like they don't really give up a ton of catches to tight ends. Well, and they, I mean they played New England, who didn't have anybody at the position at the time. Although right. New England had some weird games where they threw guys who you never heard of before. But Jason Witten doesn't get a lot of yards. Um, which I think who else was on the Dolphins' schedule? In a second here, hold on. Ball. I thought they probably gave up some yards to Baltimore because Mark Andrews is good. They played Baltimore, New England. They played Dallas. They played the Chargers, but without uh, Hen- Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry. Washington. So one drags no down. Jordan Reed. Buffalo. Pittsburgh. The Jets. Buffalo throws the tight end. Um, Would you want to guess how many touchdowns they've given up? Four. Lower. Oh. Zero. One. <laughs> Oh, one, just one. One. All right. Th- I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I, counting that as a win that I got the catches. It's on the. It's incredibly impressive. And he just threw in a yeah from like <laughs> I'm gonna go like eight feet away. You just made that <laughs> shot too. Joel's having a good day. We should end it there before anything else goes wrong. So, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, or you know, like I said, hopefully for us, I feel like I, I I as as you've said on this podcast before, journalists pretty much cheer for the thing that makes their jobs easiest. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Colts win makes our jobs easiest, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot we could. I mean, we could all kill him for losing on Sunday, but then like the next week, like it's real hard. It would be tough. So mm-hmm. I think we're hoping for a Colts win, and also like just makes them more interesting. Six and three. That's kind of the thing I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. I mean, well, what the most interesting thing is them and the Texans duking it out down the stretch. Right. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's the most fascinating thing for everybody involved. So stop short of saying journalists cheer for the team but like i think storyline wise for us a good colts performance is probably the best thing for us mm-hmm. so that's what we're thinking about that's for colts fans hopefully what we're talking about on sunday night we'll have an immediate up podcast it'll be up it'll be up that night home games are much easier for us to get the podcast up at night because yeah. we don't have to travel and get out of the stadiums and all that stuff we can just do it right from there so it should be up by 9 nine thirty ish usually is when it is up so look forward to well, it this then. is a four o'clock game though oh no you're not going to hear the podcast from us it's not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> we'll be recording it'll it. be it'll be up it'll be you'll probably get it in the mo- right away in the morning oh yeah it'll be mm-hmm. i still think it'll be up that night because of a guy who posted for us will be with us mm-hmm. doing and so he'll just have gone home and post it right away hopefully so um yeah hopefully in the morning if I you're if you're if you stay up late you'll can get it oh, i forgot it was a four o'clock yeah game. it's a 405 that's wrong for so many reasons <laughs> but uh yeah we'll talk more about that later i guess uh thanks for joining us join us again on sunday